0: to another episode of We Are Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I will be your host for today, or this evening, or this morning, or this afternoon, just whenever you happen to be listening, because after all, it's your podcast. Today is going to be a quick start on the Kickstart episode, and what we do with a quick start on the Kickstart episode is, if a company is currently running a Kickstarter campaign, <coughs> whether they be at the beginning, near the middle, or almost at the end... um. We like to get them on for just for a quick chat about the campaign, a quick chat about themselves, and uh, to hopefully kind of um, tell them a little bit more about you know the game that they've they've got out there on the on the Kickstarter platform. So joining me today, um, I've got well, there's two ways I can introduce this. I could introduce this the Starbucks way, and I could say I've got Jess, Jess Wilson. And I've got Dolan Howard Cromwell incomple- and <laughs> <laughs> completely mispronouncing names. Uh, or I could do it properly and say I've got Dylan and I've got Josh and they're from Quality Beast. Um, you might, you will have well, definitely heard of the game um, that they are currently um, having on Kickstarter, which is Seize the Bean. Um, and you've probably heard of it because there's been quite a little bit of chatter about the fantastic components that they have uh, that they're bringing to the tabletop. So, hello, gentlemen. Hey, man. Thank you for um, thank you for coming on the show. Um, <clears throat> you're um, you're both in different parts of the of the country at the moment, not the world at the moment. Um, the campaign has been running. Um, it's running really, really well. I mean, you're you're almost um, you're three almost three three times funded over the target. Um, you've got about eight just over a week to go on the, on the campaign. Um, now, but what we want to do is what we like to do, and we're not was is we like to find out a little bit more about your your kind of history. So we want to have a f- just a little bit more about you know yourselves, how you kind of got to know each other, kind of. We like to have a little, as we say, we like to have a little bit back, look back in the past, a little stare at the cappuccino of the present before we jet off into the decaf of the future. I know it's a rubbish analogy, but it's the only coffee-related one I could come up with. Um, <coughs> so, <laughs> don't laugh. It's not meant to be funny. It's meant to. This is a, this is a serious discussion. <laughs> oh, my bad. My bad. Um, so. I mean, starting with yourself, Dylan, I mean, what's kind of mood like in camp at the moment with regards to how the campaign's kind of going?
1: Someone, a good friend of mine, um, Jordan Draper, asked me that last night. He said, tell me one word, how you're feeling related to this campaign right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I said, uh, healthy, without really thinking (laughs) twice. Um, And not meant sarcastically. This is the campaign that either launches or doesn't, our startup publishing company, and yeah things feel healthy so i'm very i'm thankful to the team and to the backers and to you non wizards as well
0: oh well you know you'll always have the backing of the non wizards because uh, we all know that wizards can't drink coffee, which is why we love coffee so much <laughs> uh, What what about yourself josh i mean what
2: I'm, I'm feeling pretty good like I'm kind of blown away uh, it's been a A long time working on the game, um, seeing it through various iterations and stuff, Um, and like coming into the Kickstarter feeling good. But I don't know, it's something else to see it um, go over the top and for people to be excited about it. Yeah, it feels really nice. I
0: mean, I mean, how did you, how did you kind of get? I mean, first of all, how did you get into the, how did you get into the hobby, guys? I mean, what was, what? I mean, Dylan, what was your kind of your earliest memory of, you know, grabbing some pressed printed trees and you know having a bit of fun with them
1: that's a really good question i've been playing games since i was a kid so i'm not sure you know if magic and legos and you know pen and paper D D count as uh punch boards yeah um i guess my earliest board game memory is there was a game where you could roll pigs i forget what it's called and then the after, pigs. maybe and then after that was pit which I still have a copy of from, like, 1973. That game is just out of control. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So what's, that, what's that all about? What's pit all about? You're like a bunch of farmers uh-huh. trading goods, and there's a bell in the middle. It's kind of like Go Fish, except for you're yelling at each other, making trades, but you're not telling anybody what you're trading, just the quantity. Was, that, was it quite a heavy plastic bell? Heavy. Oh, it's a metal bell. It's like hardcore, it's a, like ding, really ding, 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 super loud. Serious? Yeah. Did anyone ever
0: get kind of struck with a force i mentioned bell at all? Did it ever break into serious <laughs> fighting?
1: I haven't seen that happen yet. There's definitely been some <laughs> like slappery happening around the table. It's a pretty <laughs> rambunctious game. I don't think I've ever played a
0: game where it's got a potential offensive weapon <laughs> <kind> of <laughs> set in the middle of the table. <laughs> It's weird. I just kind of know, it's bad enough having Monopoly and having somebody pick up the board and chuck it at you, but I can't imagine somebody just leaning over with a bell and going, yeah, ring this, ding ding, <laughs> ding, 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 Did that kind of start you on the road to kind of like staying in the, kind of keeping in the hobby? Has that kind of laid the foundation for you kind of being involved in, in kind of the industry? Do you still, I mean, you still, obviously you've got the Kickstarter campaign going at the moment do you play i mean have you had a chance to play have you had to put your pile of shame to one side you know have you not been looking at the kind of the releases are you still are you forcing yourself to kind of like take a break to to kind of to still play what's kind of out there
1: no we play all the time playing azul recently um, all right my wife really likes that and i was just playing um machiavelli the original edition with uh Stefan Brackman, who's a, a designer and developer at Quality Beast, he came over to Berlin from the Netherlands for a weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, brought a stack of games that that we need to go through. Uh, it's it's about having fun. It's about research, and uh, you know we play a lot of our own unpublished uh, prototypes we're working on too. We got some stuff yeah. coming, so there's lots of playing going on. That's I mean that's the whole reason why we do this, and yeah, uh, you know.
0: What about you, Josh? I mean, how did you how did you get
2: into the hobby yourself? I mean like I always played stuff like monopoly Play and That Lock. Um I was big fan of Scrabble when I was working back over in Scotland and that. Yeah. When I moved to Berlin, um, Germany happened and people played board games over there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's
0: this um I'm trying to think, there's some kind of big conferency thing that goes on in Germany. I can't I can't quite put my name like, like, on nope. it. No I think it starts with an S.
2: I'm not sure. Holy spiel. That Spiele thing. <laughs> yeah. So over there, um, just hanging out with people and people would actually play board games. They'd invite you over for a few drinks and you'd play some board games and stuff and have dinner and so I got into Catan through that, Gateway hmm. Drug and then um a few other things. Uh and then Dylan started asking me for uh, some writing and things, for what ended up being *Seize the Bean*, and Dylan is also a gateway drug to games because he's a big <laughs> fan of them. So,
0: is he an, is he an enabler then? Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah, he is indeed. Did he become um,
0: like? He's not like your dealer. He didn't like to of start <laughs> off and say, "Right, Josh, you can have these ones for free." <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that what kind do you of mean? That's ca- what happened. That <laughs> kind
0: of, <isn't> it? <laughs> the Carcassonne expansions. No, oh, but I'm sure, yeah, I need to give you, like, at least, you know, 10 euros for this. No, no, it's fine. Don't worry, you're fine. Next thing you know, you're running along, knocking at the door. And, Man, I've used up all my expansions, I need some more. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you can. But you got to come right for me, Josh. you got to come right for me.
2: <laughs> That's exactly what happened. <laughs> it's
0: just, Josh is currently on Skype. Frantically ty- typing send help, send help, send
1: <laughs> I think in the beginning like I talked Josh up about like a prison escape game, semi cooperative <laughs> something or other, and I think he didn't even believe I was ever gonna do anything that I was just talking. And then yeah. I came back from California like, okay, it's about running a cafe. And I think he was just like, What <laughs> just is going <laughs> after or before we're in prison, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: how do, I mean how how did you guys kinda end up kind of I guess kind of hanging about in the first place are you in the kind of similar type of jobs was it you know are you working in the same place or was it just kind of one of these because I know a lot of people kind of end up be forming friendships by going to kind of like similar game groups so how did, how did you kind of first meet
2: work for sure um we first met when I was interviewing for a job and then Dylan was interviewing me <laughs> really <laughs> <laughs> this is such
1: a good story oh man
0: <laughs> yeah i want to hear this we're not here for the we can everybody's talking about seas the the we can put that to one side and leave it we can bring it at the end and say okay it's a you know try and get good reviews that's it there you go and it's got really cool components but let's <laughs> let's hear the everybody's talking about it it's fine um <laughs> but come on let's hear the
1: story this is <laughs> this is what i'm here for who's telling it are you telling it or i'm telling it josh i think you're telling it i think think you role play it that's what you do guys
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay i'll 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 bring i'll be the person that's kind of bringing you into the room josh okay i'll just be like that mr howard carmel i've got josh wilson here for his 10 o'clock interview
1: that was not what it was like at our company in the <laughs> early days. But anyways. And this interview was in a cafe for a start. Yeah, it was right, like, okay. there's well, not enough get... room in the office let's to get... have you here. So could you please meet us around the corner?
0: <laughs> See do some clinking and stuff, right? Okay, okay. That's a cappuccino for uh, Dolola. Okay, come on and get it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on, come on, what happened? Guys, you can't leave me hanging, come on Yeah, where's you, this guy? He, is he late?
1: Like, I don't know, is that him without the hair? Yeah, that's gotta be him That dude's got a nice beard though
0: <laughs> So Josh, you walk in Looking flustered a little bit What happens next? No, he doesn't, he's not a
1: flustered looking guy When he walks into places, that's not how it happens No then? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean I don't really ask a lot of questions. I don't remember if this happened with Josh, but typically people say, oh, did you see my resume? And I'll say, "Uh, no. And then they'll be kind of shocked and mildly offended. And then I'll dig in with some much more interesting questions about, you know, what do they love in life? And uh, we quickly got to Josh's, you know, skill of writing, love of writing. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm writing a book right now, which was so nonchalant way to say something quite (laughs) impressive. (laughs) and i said oh what's the book about and he said uh death (laughs) and i was just like hired done interview's over check please uh it was just that was it it was like that's so weird man like why would you say that in the middle of an interview and he said it like he wasn't sure if it was about death or not he kind of like looked up and was like "Hmm, i don't know did he lean over did he beckon you in and go death no it was so non-dramatic it was so uh, dramatic it was so just yeah you know it's kind of about death you know whatever, whatever. like <laughs> it's pretty cool and it's actually a really good book too so you know go go read it or go publish it first josh i don't know where yeah. don't
0: Well, okay where uh, i mean is what's the book called
2: yeah some problems with jumping off cliffs
0: really <laughs> and no seriously i mean can you get it from anywhere
2: Nah, no one wanted to um, oh. take me on No agents wanted me So it's currently residing on a website um, Maybe Quality Beast is going to publish you it
1: want. You know Maybe <laughs>
0: um, With your new i mean, with your new found, um, Kickstarter fame okay. That's the next thing I mean you could stick it on Kickstarter and say Josh Wilson, co-creator of the f- Kickstarter smash sees the bean, brings his book to you The Problems of Jumping Off Cliffs What is the problem with jumping off cliffs, Josh? Uh, You'll have to (laughs) write the book to find it. Oh, he's such a salesman. It's so fantastic. I love it. Um, Okay, so (laughs) you had the the interview. This is how it's good. This is the format. This is why we don't do show notes, because if I did show
1: notes for people, they wouldn't turn up to the show. (laughs) Yeah, we did the interview, and we hired him, and he was just a rock star. Um, And then we just worked together for a while, and... Change seats and offices and positions and hmm. yeah, man. And then um, and then he he flew away to do some some other stuff. And now he's in Spain. And and luckily we've got board games between us. So okay, okay. So what kind of stuff were you doing when you
2: were working together then? Programming, programming, all the things. <laughs> programming
1: all, all of the things. Mm-hmm. So. oh you did or a majority oh. of them at least a majority of the things <laughs> no, I think we broke down everything. really? Uh,
2: that and, that and <laughs> playing some pool
1: oh man yeah that office with that pool table was just very loud and geometrical
0: it's like a nostalgia it's like welcome to nostalgia street <laughs> joining <laughs>
1: me tonight
0: <laughs> so you so Josh went to Valencia <clears throat> you stayed in Berlin
1: Yeah, first he went to Mexico though, which was really interesting. Having business meetings in taxis—that was pretty cool. (laughs) Taxis (laughs) and on the beach. Oh yeah, the beach. Yeah, luxury.
2: (laughs) Is this just write script?
0: Is this um, is this just with you? Were you doing like lots of freelance stuff and just kind of going where the money was was good and required, or were you on run from the law or something like that?
2: i'm working for a company uh in air for my day job actually it's remote so oh, i can right. be okay. in mexico quite happily eating tacos doing some quality based work and working for the monies
0: oh that's pretty cool so you can just like disappear and say okay where's where's ridiculously cheap to live at where can i get a working visa at? and then just rock up with and just do what you need to do mm-hmm. that's pretty cool that's pretty cool um <clears throat> So you're doing various things: globe trotting, eating tacos, writing books, mm-hmm. all different types of stuff. <clears throat> probably drinking the occasional cup of coffee. Where do you Where do you actually get to the point where you're both kind of sitting and saying, "Okay, let's let's kind of make let's kind of make this into an idea. or I've got an idea. Let's try and make this into actually something like a game or something like that. How did that come to come? Was that driven more by yourself, Dylan, or was it kind of an ongoing conversation between the two of you?
1: Well, when I came back from a visit to my pops in Olympia and had the original design of the game written, then Mm -hmm. Josh and I met and um, basically just started talking about it. I mean, he's an amazing um, listener and a really amazing person to brainstorm with, Mm -hmm. Um, really flows easily uh, with creative energy. and, And I think at some point he was like, all right, we should probably stop talking and you should just make a prototype. And I think another three months went on with me being like, nah, that's not how it works. And boy, was <laughs> I wrong. <laughs> so we had this whole game design and we hadn't even played it once. And uh, and that was a lot of work. And then we played it and it was really, really bad. But it was pretty cool too because, you know, cafes <laughs> in Berlin and lots of humor. And our friends kind of loved it. And, and that, that ignited... The spark, and there was a thing, and we were doing that thing.
0: I mean, with you being, like, in the board game, doing the board game stuff, is it easier, do you think, just to take a kind of a completely off-the-shelf idea and just kind of run with it? I couldn't, you know, I couldn't see... I could see maybe, you know, in the indie video game scene, you doing that, but I can't see many places where you could just take, you know, here's a completely ridiculous idea... Or a completely off-the-wall idea and actually take it to fruition where people can actually kind of creatively kind of play something.
1: Well, that's a lot of our vision at Quality Beast. I mean, many companies will claim to be original or they want to innovate, and I'm not saying we won't attempt to do those things, but we're just Mm going to be free to be weird and explore a lot of uh, absurd territories and enjoy that. And we'll mix that with some more traditional themes too, perhaps, but I think that's why this theme felt so good to us, because it's very universally relatable, but it's also just kind of ridiculous, too. Um, and it's a true okay. story, actually. Yeah, It's, it's, it's a true how's it? Okay, it's a true story. Yeah, because there's a couple of guys that worked uh-huh. at a, I guess, famous, so you can call it famous, um, roastery in uh, Berlin, and they uh-huh. quit their jobs... Like, you know, we're super good baristas, we don't need this, probably with Uh less attitude and more respect, and then open their own (laughs) cafe in this totally shitty little hole in the wall. Can I say that on this podcast? Um, No. I can't say hole in the wall?
0: No, you definitely
1: can't say hole in the wall. Oh, my bad. Well, I said it. That's all right. Anyways, they open this (laughs) uh, cafe right outside uh, our office and um at least i drink a lot of coffee so i frequented it and they were cool i like them they're funny guys they make me laugh one of them has Mm -hmm. an outrageous mustache and i don't know it was just like this is a game like definitely being in this sweaty little room serving people bean juice and trying to sort out the tourists from the hipsters this is like a game about the city that we love so
0: so so josh when Dylan is kind of asking you to get involved in the writing side of things. Did you kind of look at them slightly funny and say, well, what exactly is it you kind of want to write? Or did you have... Did you have a good idea of how you... You know, what you were going to kind of bring into the game yourself?
2: I, it was a, a little bit of the format. Like, um, I wasn't really sure what you can write in the game. <laughs> <laughs> There's not that many words to be had, but... In the end, from sitting around and chatting about it, like it ended up being more about like getting onto the characters, the people, like the feels of Berlin, who's in the game, what are they doing, this sort of stuff and that was fun. It was fun figuring that out. It was fun chatting about Berlin. Mm-hmm. What's there, what's not. Like um yeah.
0: Were you given quite a little bit of kind of creative freedom for you to just go ahead and write about all the kind of the The kind of the different characters and stuff like that as well, or you know, did you was it was I take it it seemed like Dylan was pretty open to just bringing kind of any ideas to the table. Um, Did you get like a sense a bit of creative freedom with what you were doing?
2: Anything that I have to write, yeah, basically like um, I'll normally do a version that's weird and a bit mad or whatever, and then um, I'll come back to it check it again and then give it to Dylan he'll look over it and like find some bits that he likes in there and we'll go from there sort of thing. Like, so it's pretty, I'm free to be odd when I'm doing some writing and stuff and then we sort of bring it back around and make it make sense and find out where it fits in the game and stuff.
0: Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Okay. Um, let's, let's go into the game mechanics themselves let's talk a little bit about you can kind of like well obviously we'll talk about the elephant in the room which is the components but what's the kind of the base mechanics behind it um dylan
1: i mean it all started with this serving your line um and that was one of the hardest things in the game was deciding scope but mm-hmm. somehow very early on we we changed scope twice you know could you have multiple cafes across the city or can you serve kind of component that represents a group of people as opposed to an individual and the game just felt like it lost its soul Uh Uh, we didn't know till later that it was really about people at the time we still thought it was about coffee but in Uh, order to have it have that kind of feeling it it needed to include something that was a one-on-one with each customer and so that line mechanic that serve your line one person at a time has always kind of been in there in some form so that was the that was the Base, um, base piece of the structure. Okay, so how I mean, how
0: do you how do you play it? How do you I mean, if you're see you're playing around, how do you how do you play around a round to Seize the bean? What do you actually do in it?
1: Well, you serve your line, and that's something hmm. that's kind of strict. You got to do it in the order the customers appear, which yeah. is random. You're controlling them because they're coming from your deck, but yeah, okay, you're just drawing them out. It's almost like other deck builders, where you draw a hand of cards, instead uh-huh. in this game your hand is open in front of you. And so not only are you serving your customers, um, but they're also triggering abilities that are uncontrollable. And these abilities we've designed to have a duality about them. So in some cases, the ability of a customer is going to be you know, really good to your benefit, but in other cases when you're underprepared, it's going to be really bad. And the initiative order matters too. Your customer abilities can not only affect your shop, they can affect the shops of other people. So this is really funny because like the rebel characters, they basically make people angry. And if you're going first, you can make other people in other shops angry. But if you're going last, you're going to just make your other customers angry. So there's a lot of control of timing and Mm -hmm. a lot of how do I mitigate the unknown uh, risk management in that line and of course there's some resource management too because you know these people aren't just um, eating or drinking air right i mean berlin's pretty new age but not that new age so you got to get some <laughs> beans and milk and sugar <laughs> cubes to them you know so
0: yeah um i mean what what made you decide to <clears throat> i mean you've got you've obviously you must have spent some time putting together all the mechanics making sure everything was kind of working together so how how long was it before you brought in the components? Because let's talk about these components. Because they're, they're kind of... You've actually got coffee beans. You've actually got sugar cubes. And you've got... It looks like you've got little bits of milk in there as well. So what kind of... When did you decide, right, okay, let's actually change this and it, or let's introduce these
1: kind of 3D components? Immediately. From day one, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have in our team people who 3d model and who 3d print so it, i mean the earliest prototypes had brown beans for coffee white beans mm-hmm. for milk and green beans for money which is a a thing that has come and gone from so many versions of seize the bean um it's an economic uh, game but it could never decide if it actually wanted money in it or not and luckily here at the end it doesn't have money in it and that's that matches our vision of berlin a lot more because it's a pretty as they uh-huh. say poor but sexy city
0: Okay. What made you decide to leave the money kind of out of it?
1: Probably Andy Couch, <laughs> co designer <laughs> on the project. Josh and I are like co creators in a sense, but Andy yeah. Andy really he brings the Euro mechanics that help the game have a successful structure and in our meetings Well, from one meeting to the next he'll say things like remove the money it's it's economically broken and then we'll change a couple other things and in the next meeting he'll say oh it needs money again you got to bring that money back in (laughs) (laughs) uh it's been fun that's been fun so but he but he knows what he's doing it's been a pleasure you know to join forces between josh and i and him so
0: what do you think josh do you think there should be money in it or do you think the money should be left out or
1: Uh, have you had that conversation
0: (laughs) <laughs> that conversation so many times it's like I used to kind of like going along and saying yeah okay we've brought the money this time to put back in or we've already taken away the money ha we've kind of like second guessed you already kind of thing <clears throat> you get used to them changing his mind so often went- <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> So you, as I say, you're going through the kind of the, the mechanics, you're serving your line, you've got different people kind of influence you. Where does the, where do the beans, where does the sugar cubes and where does the milk kind of come into it? Is that to do with the orders, how you're making up the drinks for people? Or?
1: Yeah, those are the resources. And what we knew we wanted from the beginning was a game that created tension. Um, in the early versions, it was a tension of going bankrupt or having your, you know, your assistants or, you know, um, baristas in training uh, quit on you. Um, and we found out very quickly at HBL 16 that people don't like it when they get ejected from a game in the first five minutes. <laughs> no. So we got rid of player elimination pretty soon. But, uh, but those, those resources, they help create a different kind of tension where when you don't have enough to serve the people, they're going to get angry with you and you're either gonna get bad reviews or you're gonna give your neighboring cafes the opportunity to serve those people and basically steal the rewards out from under you. So you're going back and forth between, okay, I don't know what's coming out my deck, so I'm not 100% sure what resources I need, but I think I don't need milk this turn. So I'm not gonna use an action to get milk. And instead going, I'm gonna use this action to install this happy cactus in the window of my shop because that's fresh and hipsters love that uh, so you're balancing between building up your cafe engine to get some combos going uh, and also actually maintaining your customers uh... <laughs> <laughs> do you have all oh, you do you actually have i'm just looking at that you actually have a
0: happy cactus you have oh, several cacti we
1: got a lot of stuff that's that's the fun part about
0: this game <laughs> I mean what, did you have to draw a line I mean when you're I mean when you're putting together all the components and things like that do you have to say right okay that's enough or do you have to think well that's enough for just now in terms of balancing up the kind of the I guess the money side of things the development costs and things like that because you can have a slew of ideas and then half of them don't make it to the don't make it to the table because if you had them all in it would just cost an absolute fortune and the box would be
1: about 20 kilos or something like that waiting to see if josh says something here because <laughs> i think most of the time it's 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 me saying can we add can we have a box of 20 kilos and then he goes no <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, we've, you... we've, we've definitely already got quite quite a lot in the game we're definitely drawing some lines somewhere yeah, I mean, in terms of what what we've got in there, in terms of the customer groups and stuff, there's what like twenty three now,
1: which is yeah, which is a lot.
2: I'm I'm quite happy with what's in there.
1: It's uh, over five hundred and fifty cards included in the game that can be purchased for retail, um, as well as two hundred over two hundred uh, resin components, uh, too. So it is a, packed to the brim that's a, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah, we're trying. I to, mean, you know, we're trying to eat Dominion for lunch. That's what we're trying to do.
0: I think um, you've got my, um, you know, you've got Scythe kind of quivering slightly in the corner, using <laughs> those kind of number of components. I mean, again, was it you know, is it with that size? I mean, are you looking at a fairly kind of decent sized box, or does it need that size because a lot of it's cutting, it with a lot of it being cards and then just the resin tokens? Are you still able to keep a, a decent kind? Of, is it Kallax size? I think is what I'm asking. No, we're we're aiming
1: at a, like, 20 by 20 centimeter (laughs) box. We're aiming at, like, a Kanagawa-sized box. We might have to (laughs) kick it up a (laughs) centimeter or two and definitely a little bit more depth. But we are... I'll be honest. We're trying to support our sleeve siblings out there who love sleeving their cards. If we didn't need to deal with sleeves, we could probably stay at this box size. But we gotta show the love... For the sleevers. I'm I'm definitely a sleever uh, from time to time. So are you a, are you a double sleever? I am not a double sleever do on Thursdays. But <laughs>
0: I've seen Josh, I've seen double sleevers. <laughs> I've actually seen double sleevers and what they do, okay. And you know who you are, double sleevers. You're part of this magic crowd. But uh, <laughs> it's the clear sleeve and then you get the sleeve with the fancy backing on it mm. and you have them going both ways so you can completely protect the sleeve but what i've discovered much to my amusement is that they can stop them from getting wet but a good a good pair of scissors you can still cut straight through those cards it's straight through without <laughs> without without a hitch it's absolutely um, Stunning. But yeah, there is, in the magic community, there's still people that double-sleeve. I don't think there's people that go as far as triple-sleeve. I'm pretty sure they'd probably be banned from playing the game altogether if they (laughs) kind of did. But, no, I mean, I see what you're talking about, because I'm trying to think, it was a... I think Grim Forest, they had to re-look their kind of, their their insert, because they had designed this beautiful, stunning kind of insert for the game. And then I think... um, somebody kind of asked the question kind of does that mean that I can fit all my cards in if I'm sleeving them and obviously some people shook their heads and then other people went oh my goodness and then I think James Hudson had to go away and actually relook at the inlay design for the game so that the sleeved cards kind of fit in so he says that's a challenge that's kind of set us back in terms of our production and stuff like that as well so it's some yeah it's important I mean if people are I mean if you've got you know hundreds of cards there you've got to kind of be you've got to kind of be kind of protecting them i guess yeah
1: yeah the game is modular that's our biggest concern if you literally used all 500 plus cards in one game first of all that would be pretty wild um (laughs) and secondly then maybe as they degraded over time they would all do equally but it's modular game where you're selecting Uh you know six customer groups at a time to mix a different city every time you play so you know if you have some favorite groups they're gonna kinda they're gonna kinda take some damage more than the other ones so it's really important that for people that want to protect the cards that we we support them there um, so we want to make the box have a little bit of breathing room and plus there's a couple of promo packs uh, that yeah. are free add-ons for everyone who backs a kickstarter and then also available for purchase for people who pre-order or buy retail later and we want to make sure that the box fits those in, as well as the other surprise goodies that are coming up here near the end of the Kickstarter. Oh, okay, okay,
0: okay. So, is I take it, replayability is quite, quite, quite important. Is that what you, I mean, Josh's was replayability one of the kind of the things that you thought about when you were kind of putting things together?
2: It came, it came naturally, I think, when we when we were looking at the customer groups. We mm-hmm. started off with, um, I don't know if you know Berlin, but there's um different areas. So we started off with like five different areas that each have like this different vibe. Yeah. And that was what we had as the customer groups. Each customer group was a lot bigger than they are now. Yeah. Sort of thing. Um but that sort of broke down into these smaller groups and, and then it made a lot of sense that they could do different things and it, you might not want them to do similar things. So you could choose what you wanted to play with and as soon as we had that idea it it just made heaps of sense to to separate it out that way, so you can customize your game. You can customize how you want to play. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't like the take that angle, then get rid of them. But if you really enjoy messing with other people, then put them all in.
0: <laughs> does that mean that there's a little bit more of a, a nightmare in terms of the the playtesting side of things? If you've got, to, I mean, does it matter if you've got to kind of have the well, <laughs> Good to have your groups. This this is like a, another story coming up, but um, <laughs> I mean, did you end up with with introducing more groups? Do you end up introducing kind of more play testing and checking
1: for balances, and ultimately checking that you're not kind of going to break the game? Yeah, we'll be honest. Uh, shout out to Guy Harding and a couple other backers who have been doing the math as we've been unlocking customer groups. According to them, right now, there's over 245,000 combinations for the four-player game. Uh, and someone else said it would take... If you played Seize the Bean every day, it would take till 2070 until you would played every combination or something like that. So, I think that's, we can that's, be... <laughs> that's value for money. <laughs> we, can be, we can be straight up with everybody. There is no way that we can possibly playtest every scenario in the game. This is really on the level of a collectible card game that, that to be honest is very exciting for us to see what combinations and what engines people build. I I was demoing it for a neighbor and they figured out that they could win the game by literally ejecting all the customers from their shop and just building an engine where they just advertised their super high-quality coffee and won through hype. It was ridiculous. <laughs> did you, did, were you happy at that? Yeah, it's like, awesome. Oh, or... we, we love diversity. We love Berlin for that. And we want players yeah. to express themselves however weird that is through the game. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean. But we are playtesting a lot. It's more about the balance of how the icons are distributed on the cards and about the general power of each customer group's ability those are those are things that are much more straightforward to test than what is every single combination possible
0: so has there been quite a few i mean has there been Has been you have, have you gone out to quite a few groups to get the play testing done was there you know was there a specific kind of group of people you always went to or did you try and get it out to as many people as possible
1: yeah we've all been playing i mean everybody on the team we have a we have a big quality beast family even if not everybody's uh-huh. part of the core um uh, yeah you know, working on things daily uh a lot of preview copies went out and a lot of reviewers have been playing um and we've been playing variations of the game for what josh i don't know a year and a half now that's, that's, oh.
2: yeah a good a good wee while like it started off with me and dylan eventually when we got around to actually print some cards and Having a game playing playing around and then um a group of uh folks nearby uh have a games night wednesday games night and um they took a an interest and got involved as well so they've been doing a lot of the early play testing and then and yeah actually like going to spiel when we first went to spiel was uh i think at least for me like really it was really eye opening uh it was eye opening to get to spiel lesson meet people who love board games and everyone's amazingly friendly and all of this and so positive. You get people playing the game and giving you feedback and just wanting to make it better, and that was also, like, totally invaluable. Like, totally.
0: Was it a bit intimidating, kind of rocking up at Essen and <laughs> with your game under your arm? Because I've I've heard people kind of, like, say... you you can talk your Gen Con all you want. You can talk your Games Expo in the UK, but when you go to Essen for the first time, it's just it's a completely unique kind of experience.
1: I'm just laughing because Spiel 16 was our first event ever, and um, like we're we're much more in the know now and prepared, but we literally rolled up to Essen in the car the morning of... <laughs> and after an know. eight hour drive. After an eight and a <laughs> half hour drive, we got there at we got there at seven AM. <laughs> we didn't even have our tokens punched out yet, which by the way we were doing with a hand chisel. Um but we'll come back to that another time. And we I remember walking in, carrying some stuff, into the hallway, and it suddenly hit me right then like, Whoa, this is a really big event. And then I remember just telling myself stop that right now (laughs) go set up the booth
0: (laughs) oh dear he's gonna like a bit of a oh i'm calm i'm calm this is good this is good and then starting running about the hall going i'm not calm
1: oh yeah i'm not there was the aroma of panic there and then i just replaced it with the scent of coffee so (laughs) it's just like looking at it
0: going Josh, we should have brought a tablecloth. Did you not bring the tablecloth?
1: Oh, we had a tablecloth. Our oh, uh, did you? our event manager, uh, uh Siri Kat as we call her, she's amazing. She had tablecloths and china out and like glass really? containers for sugar cubes. And we were serving coffee, fresh coffee from our partners, our coffee partners in Berlin and, and also in Essen. It was we were running a cafe. There were bean bags
0: and plants and stuff. You didn't, like, kind of get people coming over and accidentally stick, you know, kind of coming over with a cup of coffee and saying, oh, I'll need them, and sticking a couple of 3D-printed sugar cubes into the, oh, into yeah. the coffee and stuff. <laughs> <that, laughs> did, <that, laughs> did that happen? You just get people going, oh, can "I can eat these? No, you can't. They're game components. Leave them alone, you dog. Why are you eating sugar cube? What's wrong with you? Come on, you're going to get diabetes. Calm down. <laughs> but, I mean, you, you get to the point... Did you get to the point where you're playing the game so much? I mean, did you plan the Kickstarter over a period of time? Did you have a date for when you were kinda of launching the Kickstarter? Or was it just or was it just a case of it was ready to go when it was ready to, to kinda of go?
1: I'm almost afraid to answer.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> we we decided, um, sort of at Spiel this last year, that we were we were in a good place. Um, and uh, at, at some point you you know you're never going to be completely happy with a thing but it, you've just got to go and do it so we set a date uh, which we stuck to um, and then after Spiel I think we had some frantic more development <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you go we're going to do this and you go, like it's not good enough it's not good enough it's fine let's do it no it's rubbish no it's very very good game why are you talking to yourself I don't know but I mean, did you... But you, you obviously, you put the prototypes together. I take it the... When you were sending out the prototypes, did you make sure that every previewer, reviewer that got a copy of sees the Bean, did they get a little packet of beans, packet of, packet of milk, packet of sugar?
1: Oh, yeah. We handmade everything um, in quantities of, like, 15 prototypes, and people got the game, and, you know, we give a we give a preview package, which is some which is some you know physical elements as well as some digital elements to help guide them through yeah. it. Um, yeah and try to stay in communication with them and, and let them help us you know not only promote the game but also shape it. a lot of a lot of the people that we sent copies to, you know they're not just out there being content creators. they're also really good casual developers. They have a lot of good yeah. insight to what makes a game better. So that's been you know, I won't go off and name everybody, but a big thank you to. Everyone who took the chance to receive a game, because some of them were like, On first glance, I didn't really want to play this, but then after, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you never know. So, you were actually back to being your original kind of dealer type person that you were with you <laughs> and <Josh>. George. <laughs> Maybe so. You were just doing that line. You're going out, Limit. Here he comes. It's Howard Cromwell. Dun, dun, dun. Or the good old HC to his friends. <laughs> Dropping. But did you get people kind of contacting you when they got the prototypes through? Did you make people aware that they were going to be getting actual little beans and sugar, or did you leave it as a nice little surprise?
1: Um, I'm. I don't think the contact emails that Josh and I were writing said, you will get sugar. Um, <laughs> a whole different Did they, Josh? I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, we sent out, like, a teaser package, you know, press yeah. release, basically. Um, who knows what people read. Our artist, yeah. Mario, is just amazing. So I think a lot of people just saw one or two hipster illustrations. And we're like, yep, give me that. So did you get people
0: contacting you and actually kind of being quite surprised and kind of a little bit of joyous about getting the kid of the beans through and getting the, the sugar cubes he did you get in contact with you straight away and go. Oh, th- this is part of the game. Is this part of the game? Is this part of the Kickstarter? Am I going to get this in the game itself? Was there kind of like did that help? Do you think that helped to kind of create a buzz about the game, create interest in the
1: game? Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's been a big thing for everybody, and maybe mm-hmm. for a first project, maybe one of the scariest parts for us because you know resin is expensive. I I just remember the whole time Josh was saying, you know. Be, you know we got to be careful like we want to do we want to make a game um, or mm-hmm. do we want to make this super deluxe game and and I don't know if you saw on the Kickstarter but you know the, the first game that people were pledging for didn't have all the components we had to reach a stretch goal we had to fund and then reach a stretch goal to ditch the wooden cubes for resin Andy couch was here today our co-designer and he said uh, he was actually in Hong Kong during the Kickstarter and he said he was he knew we were gonna fund, but he was so nervous that we'd fund, but not hit that stretch goal, and then maybe yeah. people would, you know, would believe we wouldn't hit it at all by the end and start dropping, you know, their pledges. So it was kind of make or break for us, uh, and we're really happy um, that that's the game. Uh, that's really what we set out to make. I would say. I mean, right, Josh?
2: Yeah, totally, totally. Like the idea of having cardboard or something in there would be so very sad
0: I wouldn't have reached the full potential I think it's, it's one of these things that if you it'd be potentially one of these things that if you hadn't reached that level you'd be saying right actually we're we're potentially going to <laughs> cancel the project because we don't want you to be kind of disappointed with the level of kind of components but I mean you launched it and you're getting funded two days you know 48 hours later boom the money's there I mean it's you know it's you've reached the kind of the, the funding goal i mean how did how did you feel on the back of that josh i mean when you saw it kind of light up and the numbers going up and stuff like were you i mean were you both kind of frantically pressing f5 <laughs>
2: <laughs> more or less yeah like um as as we launched it i was i was so shocked that some anyone had backed it within like a minute and a half of it being up there with my first uh thing that was like what the hell i was i thought that must have been someone like i don't know because dylan had literally just told me but someone had already backed it um yeah i don't know breaking the the 20k was uh yeah weird i don't know it's a, it's all a bit surreal anyway um because we were as then was saying like we were worried about um making it with with the components um you know we were like okay we need four hundred and fifty seven people to uh, and we've blown through that and i'm still it's still a bit unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> i
0: mean but you had some really really um decent reviews i mean some really really positive exciting but not guys that were kind of giving giving everything kind of away I mean even like even Raddle was like saying, Oh, it's a clever you know, it's a clever take in a deck building game, but it's a smart engine building, it's a sharp game. So he wasn't kinda he was kind of a, it was almost kinda like, I'm not telling you everything what I thought about it, kinda thing. You know, everybody's kinda said, Oh, they would like the replayability, you know. Guys like Tom Heath saying from Slicker Drips, Wow, this is a really different deck builder. So there was obviously there was a buzz going about <clears throat> already and you seem to have done one thing which um i think some kickstarter campaigns struggle with which is to make sure you've got lots of reviews from some recognized people kind of uh, going in but i guess you know that was down to the the kind of the planning what about the marketing has it been <clears throat> you know has it been a difficult thing to market was it getting outside your kind of your comfort zone and obviously being involved in the quality beast side of things Having, I guess, having to market a business, market services and things like that, um, you know, doing, I guess, doing your normal day jobs, that would have been kind of like a, I guess, a kind of a a normal thing to do. But was it, a, did you end up having to kind of go outside your comfort zone and say, actually, we've got to learn how... You know, how to market through Twitter, we've got to learn how Facebook works, we've got to learn Instagram, we've got to learn how to contact all these people and write kind of media pieces and PR things. Was that kind of a new set of skills you had to get your head around?
2: Not especially for me. It's definitely outside of my comfort zone, marketing. Yeah. Then we've got Dylan. Um, I think it's within his comfort zone. (laughs) Yeah. But the whole business side of things was uh, wasn't particularly shocking for me. Like um, I've done a few ventures in the past. Um, I don't know if you know the skinny over in Scotland. Like I was involved in that when that first came out. Oh right, okay. I was I was pushing that around Edinburgh in a shopping trolley, dropping it in shops and stuff. Like so. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Bootstrapping something or, or doing some business decision stuff isn't is is fine. But yeah, yeah the marketing yeah. aspect I'm totally—it's not my scene. Okay,
0: okay, yeah. I think um, I think a lot of Kickstarter's find you need to almost be doing the marketing even you know well before you can even kind of launch in the Kickstarter campaign just to get the the word out there and the and I guess the kind of the the noise out there. Um, I mean, you've still got a week. You've still got a week to go. So, we're, you know, you're, you're triple funded at the moment, so you must be like, this is cool. We're going to get this game made. It's going to go out to a lot of people. Have you already got a million other game ideas that are ready to go? Has this, you know, have you already got Project 2, 3, and 4 already lined up to kind of go forward with?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, we have a second game. I'm not going to give a month yet, but it is going to Kickstarter this year. That is Towers of the Sun by Stefan Bracken. Oh, okay. Okay. Very different game, um, but already getting some great reactions from people. It's an abstract strategy game about these clans that are being buried in the mist of the world, and they're trying to build towers upwards to get out of the mist, and using the power of the sun to kind of harness their climb. And... um, Sounds like more 3D components might be involved. Oh, yeah, that one's very tactile. And uh, near the end of the year, um, it's probably the first time that we're really publicly announcing it, but we are putting out an experimental, what looks to be a co-op game that attempts to open a dialogue about human rights and why we don't all have access to them. And uh, this game is, uh, by this amazing... uh, Woman named Yana who studies this kind of topics, and um, she's working with Stefan Brackman as well as some other members of our development team on this game. It's codenamed No Man's Land right now, but probably won't be able to be released as that um, since there's already games under that name. And in between, yeah. we'll be at the Tokyo Games Market in May oh, okay. with a gangle of micro games um, created by a bunch of us at Quality Beast. Some of which are going to be very very silly and others of which are going to be more serious. But all should be fun. That's uh, quite a few in the pipe from us. And then we are licensing some games from the Wood Games. Uh, It's our uh, uh, Chinese-Japanese partner. They're actually uh, from Taiwan, but they cover those markets. And we have some secret licensed partners that we'll be announcing soon. Oh. as well as a very public uh, collaboration um, with Dark Flight. Since we shared a booth at Spiel last year, uh, okay. we are kind of doing ongoing work with them. So there's a lot of announcements to come. 2018 is going to be a big year for us, uh, I hope.
0: Is it is it kind of strange that this has moved from being, you know, cardboard and 3D printed and games design, and you're actually saying, well, this is going to become... You know, this is me moving into, you know, running this as a, you know, running this as a full-going kind of business. Is that, you know, you must be in a rather contented but excited type of
2: place, the both of you. I for sure. Um, yeah, like, I totally didn't expect to be at this point, like, when we started chatting about prison games or what have you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... I mean, just being in, uh, in the hobby or like going to spiel, hanging out with people—it's, it's a lot of fun, and I'm totally stoked to, yeah, be doing anything I can to help make these games uh, a reality. Really. <clears throat> are
0: you, um, are, Josh, are you Kind of like, have you got kind of a lot of little game ideas yourself that you're going to be bringing as kind of like? I know you've obviously co-created. Sees the bean, but have you got your own little kind of, I guess, portfolio of games that you're wanting to get out with
2: quality beast? I've got, I've got something I'm working on uh, with a friend, um, but I don't have a, like a a big stable or anything. I think I'm mm-hmm. more on the business side or like providing occasionally a pining here or there um, with some stuff. Um, yeah.
0: Okay and and dylan have you i mean have you got i mean you've obviously mentioned you mentioned a couple that you're going to be involved in is there other games that you'd like to do i mean are you wanting to do like maybe a dungeon crawl or are you thinking about a worker placement game is there an ideal game that you've been thinking well listen if seize the beans a success here's the bo- here's the game ultimately that i would like to create kind of thing
1: oh i got a stack um, for sure. I'm <laughs> no not gonna, I'm about. not gonna say anything yet, though. I'm not releasing any... I'm, no. Any no one thing I've le- but we learned our lesson with Seize the Bean, for sure. Um, that, you know, it's really hard to be on the marketing side, as as Josh kinda, um, said is my comfort zone in some ways, and also be on the design side. And we don't want, um, any of our games to suffer from that. We feel like Seize the Bean hasn't, and that's been good, but... We also mm. want to be really, as I said about the Kickstarter, healthy. So we're going to do our best to spotlight the rest of the talents in our team um, and not necessarily just, you know, pump out only my uh, my ideas because we have a lot of people uh, working in the team who who have beautiful minds. And often in the board game world, it's the designer, quote-unquote, who goes on the box, but to be honest, like... Some of the true magic is coming from these quote unquote developers who are really just co designers that aren't on the box, um, and come in at maybe different stages. So we got a lot of people that do a lot of behind the scenes work that we wanna get their ideas out there too.
0: Yeah. No, I've seen I've seen this, um I've seen this mentioned quite a few times about um I mean I'm speaking to um I want to be speaking to David Carl who is part of Steamforge Games and he's a developer, so he's taking the Dark Souls IP, and he's developing the the kind of the mechanics for that. He's also doing I think he's doing the same thing with the Resident Evil Two board game as well. So there'll be guys that'll be the key guys that'll say, well, this is how you work it, and then there's the developers kind of work away um, in the background, it's almost like having the difference between the guy that designs the user interface for. Um, for a piece of software and the guy in the background they make sure all the databases kind of link up so that the information kind of comes through in the right kind of format kind of thing so it's a yeah it's kind of interesting to see how kind of everything kind of ties ties together um the i'm very conscious of the time because <laughs> mm-hmm. i was like oh we'll just have a, sh- a very short chat but um um as i say, the the kickstarter is doing very very well if people have listened tonight and said you know um, they want to keep an eye on what you guys are doing on the on the kind of the internet webs where can we
1: find you on that such place well first of all um, if you go to we're not you can <laughs> yeah. you can back the kickstarter from a special right, okay. magic door so we're not okay. Without the I'm apostrophe. Gonna... All right. And beyond that, if you want to sign up for the general Quality Beast newsletter, it's, drumroll, newsletter.qualitybeast.com. <laughs> okay. And if you feel like being in our Playtester's Guild, that's playtest.seizethebean.com. And if you happen to be a retailer, um, then send us an email uh, at growl at So we got all but... these dot coms. <laughs> or just come to Berlin. Come to Berlin Thursday, game to, night okay, at Rudy's, yeah. or go to Wednesday games night uh, at Yoda's house and, and come holler at one of us. So. Or go to oh, Valencia and go find Josh and his puppy Pika on the beach.
0: <laughs> Do you want people to
1: find you, Josh?
2: <laughs> you can try.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can try. <laughs> uh, you're not going to get a... him. I just saw a video of him bicycling with the dog in a backpack <laughs> the other day. Is he? You're never going to get him. <laughs> it's like like the littlest hobo, you know. <laughs> There's a voice
0: keeps on calling me, and you just see Joshua <laughs> cycling away madly. You know he's got away from your clutches once, still, and he's never coming back. <laughs> you like you let him
1: go. Well, we're a remote <laughs> company. We really believe in you know in the international vibes. So um. that's cool.
0: No, I mean what we'll do is we will make sure that we um, all the links that you've said we'll go into the show notes that we have notes to show um thank you so so much for coming on and um, this has been this has been a lot of fun um and best of luck with the rest of the campaign i know there's only a week to go but you know that week can as i've seen in a lot of campaigns can end up doing a lot of some serious you know so a lot of some serious numbers so kind of best of luck to best of luck to both of you gentlemen and again kind of Thanks you for thank you for coming on the show. Um, yeah, thanks, thanks for ours. having us. Um, if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, go to Google, go and search "We're Not Wizards." Um, you go to Twitter, and you'll find us on "We're Not Wizards." If you go to Facebook, you'll find us on "We're Not Wizards." If you go to YouTube, because our podcast host Podbean automatically put all our episodes to YouTube for us but if you search for We Are Not Wizards Tabletop Podcast you will find us on YouTube as well. We are on places like Stitcher and Spreaker and Acast and Podknife. If you want to email us you can email us at magic at com or .co.uk. Um, if you've enjoyed what you've heard tonight and we have Lots of other guests coming up. I was, I say, I've mentioned Dave, Dave Carl, Dave Carl's coming back on the show. He was here with us last year. He's coming back on the show to talk about what's happening with the Dark Souls board game. We've uh, we've got a few other people coming back on. Um, and if you've list- liked what you've listened to tonight, then please consider going on to Apple Podcasts and dropping us a subscription. If you like us even more than that, consider giving us a review or a rating. And as we like to say, if you are giving us a rating, don't give us 10 stars, because that makes us big-headed. But don't give us one, because that makes us cry. Give us five, because it's in the middle, and it's average. And we are decidedly average. But the people who have not been average today are the rather wonderful, the rather fantastic, the rather amazing. a Mr. Josh Wilson and Mr. Dylan Howard. Cromwell. again thank you very much gentlemen for for coming on and um you know as you say you've got about seven or eight days left to make sure you can seize the bean as well Um there's only a couple more things to do though the first thing is to remember that we are many things but we're not wizards are we wizards dylan i'm pretty sure you're not absolutely what about you josh are you a wizard?
2: Never been near one. Fantastic. I <laughs> mean you aren't one though.
0: <laughs> Don't ruin it now. Don't ruin it now. And the second thing is to say goodbye. So as I say, it's a goodbye from it's a goodbye from Josh. Bye. And it's a goodbye from Dylan. Ciao y'all. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe. Roll sixes. Um you know, they say about Seize the Day, but try and, you know, as I said, try and seize the bean. Um, Quality Beast looks like it's going to be releasing some absolutely stunning games over um, through 2018. Um, So jump on this one, jump on the next one, see what else it's going to be doing. As they say, if you go to Valencia, look out for a guy pedaling furiously with a dog beside him, trying to get away from Dylan. But, But, I don't know where I was going with that. But, But until the next time, goodbye. (laughs)